Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Potential Podcasts Potential Picks. I'm here with my pal Taylor Sokol and I'm your host Chris Dewar. How are we doing Taylor? We're good. We're back here. Your spoiler artist. Uh, we're very excited to mix it up a little bit with this pick because the last several picks uh, we've talked about movies and uh, video games and now we're going to be tackling, this is kind of new for us in general, mm-hmm. we've talked, uh, tackled really specifically any literature and of course today we are very excited to tackle the recent book and to the hunger games universe the ballads of songbirds and snakes by suzanne collins which is the prequel to the hunger games trilogy yes so this is a prequel that takes place in coriolanus's youth it's kind of him as a mentor in the hunger games and it's interesting to have a prequel book to kind of give us a little insight to what became the big bad of the Hunger Games trilogy. So this uh, book starts off kind of explaining that we're about to have another edition of the Hunger Games. You know, it's uh, only been so many years and um, Snow has been chosen to be a mentor. And this is, of course, a huge deal for him because even though he is a Snow and there's a lot of pride that goes in that name, him and his grandma and his cousin Tigris are not well off. They don't have money. They're- no, it's a, a very it's a image thing that they're trying to maintain mm-hmm. their their looks and their wealthy status and the capital. So it's is his um, dream in using this uh, vehicle of him being a mentor and to get the spotlight once to again. Get the spotlight, and, and he knows that uh, if if his chosen tribute that he will be mentoring. If he or she wins the tournament, then he gets kind of like a big scholarship to go on to a nicer kind of academy to move on with his life. And that would be, of course, a huge big deal. So knowing Snow in the future, you should not be surprised to find out that he is not really uh, maybe going to play everything right off the chest. He's going to do what he needs to do. So they end up having, you know, the tribute selection. And even in that time period, you know, this is well before Katniss Everdeen's time, um, he gets chosen to be paired up with a tribute from District 12 named Lucy, mm-hmm. Lucy Gray. And uh, in, her, in her initial moment of getting picked, um, some pretty intense things happen. Um, I like that they kind of start off almost with a bang of that this girl, although sweet, is uh she's she's got some stuff up her sleeve as well uh what did you think of her as a character overall about this well i thought it was nice that first of all it was a gamble that they decided that the author suzanne collins decided to uh, do this prequel in general and also to mm-hmm. have the main focus be of you know the big bad as you said of the original trilogy this is someone we hated we were we were um, led to hate this person uh, throughout that um, so this is very interesting to see. This is, of course, the as you said, the early days of the Hunger Games. This is like the tenth Hunger Games, and they're very yeah. they're very new. They're not glitz and glamour of they were. So I thought that was a is very bold to kind of give some insight. But those is a prequel, 
it doesn't answer all the questions you want. First of all, I will go, what I liked also, they did have a very strong and mysterious female character again with this. I mean, you have Katniss Everdeen is probably of young adult novels everywhere. It's probably one of the strongest, you know, modern day uh, heroines that are out there mm -hmm. for readers. So I think they did a great job. And I, of course, in the films with Jennifer Lawrence, I thought she did a really good job portraying that uh, character. But Lucy Gray, there's so much mystery and you reading this, this book, this character, you die, you're drawn to her just like everyone else is in the story. So I thought they did a really good job with that. Um, but I got to get take a, take a backseat because in later in the novels of the Hunger Games, there's a third book, um, Tigress, you know, she helps uh, Katniss and all them to mount this assault and, and take out President Snow in those books. Spoiler alert, if you haven't read those books. Uh, uh, by, the, by the way, Too late. Yeah, we are going to be revealing some details of this book. So uh, warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning, indeed. Yes. Um, there it is. We we, yeah, there it is. <clears throat> there's no, there was no, uh, we didn't realize the connection that Tigress was related to Snow. Mm -hmm. They don't reveal that. So the, the fact that she's his cousin, you, you don't find out at all why they drifted apart. And that, yes. you know, so I think obviously it leaves in there. But something about that, even though this is a villain, you really hang on to everything that's happening because I think there's a lot of that relatability because there is that pride of um, taking care of your family, but there is a sense of sometimes how you are perceived from the outside world. Those yeah. is a dystopian future. Mm -hmm. There is, you know, the same qualities and the same horrible, you know, traits that people inhabit are still well, well alive of that. It's that well, they've always, they've always talked about, even since the original books and they highlight even more in this book that really what was kind of, the period of time before the hunger games was this kind of great war. Uh, and they always bring it up like a memory thing. Like remember what happened during the war and during the, the bad times, you know, people are, people are animals. They'll do anything to each other to, to get what they want. And that still stays true through all these books is that the hunger games are kind of a system to remind people that, this is the way things are. The capital is the capital. And, and we can never go back to the we way. We can't go back. No. And so they use them as like, these are the, we'll, we'll do once a year, a kind of reminder of, you know, a couple poor souls have to get together in a barbaric ritual and fight to the death. And um, I like that. Yeah, we, we, we get another sweet kind of, uh, you know, more innocent seeming girl. Yeah. Um, who Snow is paired up with. And there's something really, I've, I always found, even in the original, and I, I did like um, Donald Sutherland's portrayal, there's something that like, he, Snow is a, he's a mysterious character, but there's something about him that's really appealing. And I always yeah. remember that the idea of him, like uh, the, the smell of, of, of roses and blood. Like there's something about that that's, it's like, it's almost like, um, you know, the idea of touching, touching a rose and being pricked and you know the blood it's there's something there's something the, the beauty in the the, the beauty you know, every, every the, rose has its thorns uh, yeah you know? <laughs> and so uh -huh. i think in this in this novel um the, suzanne collins is painting a, a picture of a young man that he is not the monster he is yet going to turn out to be but there's these things that you you kind of understand that for any villain realistically there is you know they don't think what they're doing is bad they think what no. they're doing is is right 
And there's these little building blocks throughout this novel that kind of give some, you know, answers to why in the future he's so against certain people in the districts and the why he is so cruel and the way that he kind of keeps things the way he does. And so first off, we we kind of get um as we you were trying to starting to talk about, the games in this book are very barbaric. They're barbaric always, but later in Katniss's time, it's like the Super Bowl. It's like a celebrity event. These these oh, yeah. quite the equivalent. are loved. Yes. They so, are, you know, they're loved. About, they get sponsors, there's the advertisements. And they're getting these amazing outfits and, you know, talk shows where they're like, come on in, you know, you know, it's like the David Letterman in the future. And then, yeah, but not, not in this time. They're, no. they're thrown into an old abandoned like monkey pit in the zoo. And here's and- a couple of very crude weapons. <clears throat> Good luck. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. And also the fact that the Hunger Games, what they become, what would they become years later in Katniss Everdeen's time and those novels is, you know, these were all, this is the fact that this is set during a time where it's very experimental. This is the first time that tributes are getting a mentor to prepare them, where it's like, good luck, you know, do your best. And then they're testing out all these new, um, these new weapons and things like that with these snakes and, and such. So it is very, even though this is a prequel, we still don't know certain, you are, there's a lot of surprises in there. You don't know where things are going to go. And there's a lot of these moments in the book, like it starts a little, starts a little slow in the beginning. You're like, okay, I'm having a root for this character that I didn't mm-hmm. like in the other books, but then there's twists and turns that really happen. Then you're like, Oh, what's going to happen next? I mean, I remember the first, the first one that I was like, Whoa, was, uh, you know, there's, there's a moment where one of the mentors is teasing her tribute with like a sandwich outside of the, the cell in the zoo. Yeah. And then bing, bing, boom. The yeah. tribute kills the mentor. Yeah. And it was like, oh, don't poke then, the bear. <laughs> don't yeah, poke, don't the, poke the bear. And then, of course, the tribute gets shot by a bunch of peacekeepers. And so, because yeah. you imagine that at, at that point, that because it's not a glamorous event, they know these, these kids all know that realistically, only one of us can win. And most of us are not fighters and the chances of that. And so, you know, in that moment, just being like, I'd rather make a statement and know, you know I'm going to die. And so we, we get this thing where very early on, you get the idea that Coriolanus is enamored by his tribute, Lucy. She's a singer. There's some, he, he, he can sense that she's a fighter, but it takes him some time to really believe that she could actually win. And yeah. she has to convince him like, you know what? Believe in me. I can win I can this win. if you believe in me. I can win me. if you believe in me. Yeah. So we kind of, you know, that's kind of how part one kind of plays a big, moment of them meeting their kind of bond uh, a little bit system of how the capital is currently now there are a, a few characters here that are really important to this story so first off we have dr gall yes. she's kind of like the um kind of the villainous character if you will of this book even though we're following snow again snow is he's not really a villain yet he's really the hero of this tale in terms of how you view him um, but she's kind of like the the one doing these experiments on new forms. She's the, wep- the weapon uh, creator. Of the mutations. And she's the one developing these, uh, these kind of uh, snakes that um, are, are all very colorful, like neon-like, and they can bite. And it's a new kind of almost like venom. And she's, you could tell that she is someone, and they especially played this near the end, uh, someone that... Even, Coriolanus is he's scared of 
but mm-hmm. he also looks up to her because there is this uh, the, she's like a, his mentor in a way yeah she's like a um a figure to look up to uh whereas then on the other side who you have dean highbottom he is a little bit more of um kind of a rival mm-hmm. uh, where is that sense because there's a, this big backstory between Coriolanus's father and the dean that they had a big falling out and of, of course who came up with the hunger games and yes it is it is kind of said around that it was dean highbottom's idea when realistically uh, it was Coriolanus's father's idea yes but because of his untimely death and all this other stuff it kind of you know so there's there's a grudge there because yeah again you have to remember Coriolanus and his family are they're very uh poor right now they're, they they they're seeking anything that would get them back on top and, and also we forget you know snow in this one he's just a student he's just a young yeah. man he's and he's early just 20s trying get, he's just trying to get an a yeah <laughs> he's just trying to get and that's like if you break it down to it, he's just trying to work on his class project. Yeah, he's um, trying to just you know get that golden badge. And yeah. then we have um you know a, a really neat character, um, Sejanus, who he's like he's like one of the few friends Coriolanus has, and he doesn't have really any friends that like in the in the true sense of the world because they're all they're all students. But if he had to have one best friend, that would be his friend. And I love that in this book, man, they. As as the story goes along, you can tell that Sejanus is someone that has a huge heart. He has yeah. he he doesn't like the Hunger Games. He he's against certain systems of the capital. And he he's comes not even in, from the capital. He, he no no. And he comes from money, where it's yeah. very different. Like they both you know raising the both in the capital. Him and Sejanus's family, you know, they've got all the money. His father can you know use his money to influence whatever. And of course, you know, Coriolanus he he doesn't have that. So there is a little bit of that jealousy as well. And the yep. fact that you, your duty is to the capital. Mm-hmm. And so they are, you know, brothers in arms, so to speak, but then they start to deviate as the novel goes along. And, the, you know, it gets to the point where I, I really, one of the best scenes, I think, of the whole book was, I love from the moment that, you know, early on, Sejanus's, his tribute runs away. And then, of course, is found. And early on, the games is completely killed off in a really dark way um and it, it hurts him so for the first time ever because it's never happened in the in the hunger games yeah uh, there's a moment where sejanus's mom uh mama plinth and and coriolanus and tigress are all looking at the tv and and she's like um my son's in the arena and she can tell by his silhouette so yeah. this is a great whole scene where they're like the only person that can go in and bail out him would be you Coriolanus and he's like are you kidding me there's like any of those tributes see me they want to kill me Mm -hmm. and it's a big like dramatic scene where he has to go in and get his best friend and they almost die and he has to kill himself so he actually get his gets his hands dirty Mm -hmm. he has to kill a tribute because he's almost about to be killed himself and there's these little these little walls that keep breaking down and then what essentially happens is is uh, you know this is a spoiler one so it's like Tributes kind of start dropping like flies through different events, you know. Very, start- very quickly for, and not even to the Hunger Games itself, through other external means. I mean, of course, like you said earlier, they're thrown in a, an, an old zoo, abandoned zoo. So they're not fed well, taken care of. And of course, there is, um, you know, there's one point where these bombs explode and it takes out like half the mm-hmm. tributes and the mentors. Rabies so from rat bites. Exactly. Uh- so there's so many external forces 
that I mean, the Hunger Games themselves are it's it's very fast and loose. Very fast and loose. It doesn't take long, and you know, to to no surprise almost because you know the story has to continue. Yeah. Um, our our girl Lucy does end up winning the Hunger yeah. Games, but then we get this great twist, which I I really like this because, as we said earlier, Coriolanus is not above maybe sneaking around to maybe have his mentor, his tribute win because he he wants that prize. It's well, a, it doesn't go as you think it would go. No, because he, he, he technically did cheat. He he gave his tribute a little a uh, little little clasp food, that had, had food, food poison. Her, well, he yeah. gave her he gave her poison to use, which yeah. she did. And he also he knew again those snakes that Dr. Gall um had developed. They 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 will attack you if they don't know your scent. Because mm-hmm. it's a, you know this way they're developed, and so he he throws in a little like hanky thing that has Lucy's scent, unbeknownst yeah. to anyone else, and it's these little things where you like again he's like hopefully no one will notice. So they win the Hunger Games, and then he goes in to talk to it was it Dean Highbottom I believe right yeah yes yeah, and then literally on the t- table was the, like the hanky the like clasp and the third thing and he's like um and then. So he just won the prize. He got what he wanted. And then we have a whole third chapter where, because he did technically cheat, he is being sent to District 12 to become a peacekeeper. Yes, which is, the, which is like almost a, in, in the Game of Thrones world. It's like if you would go to the, the, to the wall, wall yeah. as a Night's Watch. So it's almost <laughs> like a little bit of that. You know, it's like you're, uh, you know, you're disgraced. This is the best way to serve the capital. So yeah, so he goes to the front lines just like his father did. Mm-hmm. which, you know, he didn't want that. Um, and here we are, like, you know, he's at least happy because he knows that Lucy's going to be there because she's from District 12 and she's a singer. And they're, and, and they're developing this whole romance. This romance. Just bubbling so under the surface. Relationships building. But he knows that, you know, one of the songs that she had sung was about a, a former lover. And so there's, there's some drama with um, her former boyfriend, Billy, uh, who in town. And so it's a, it's a weird kind of like the last, the last whole section is it's almost separate from the rest of the novel but it is it's like a kind of romance tension relationship thing but then you have this other side thing going on that ties into it is that sejanus is trying to escape he's trying to buy weapons and trying to find a a loophole to escape and we also get this cool thing where as you know from the hunger games you have the mockingjays you have uh you know mockingbirds and the kind of robot um the jabber jays the jabber jays and those happen to have uh you know they mixed and they bred and they kind of come with this new bird that you know again can record it can it can record mimic but only only songs only sounds and tunes yeah and we get this this moment where you know after all this stuff's going on and snow is just kind of he's still battling whether he's he's for the capital or not he actually writes to dr gall saying that sejanus is trying to escape and he does it in a very sneaky way and you're like wow he just kind of turned in his really only best friend the only one he ever had and then wow he um sejanus gets gets hung Mm -hmm. and he watches his friend die in a very intense thing and so it's at this moment where you're kind of going, wow, okay, he's, he's given up his friend, but that he's he also, moment where he's, he's wanted incriminated, murder, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's incriminated at this point where, you know, okay, well, his only friend's gone. He's 
going to be wanted for murder because he was at a scene of a you know this horrible murder. So, and then all he has left is Lucy or his love for her that he believes mm-hmm. he has, and you know she doesn't want to be there anymore. And then he's like, okay, well, the only thing I can do is I've got you and I've got to run away. And that's that's and, and you know. he's ready to do it. He's ready yeah. to leave. And then not even five minutes before he's really going to start doing this, he gets pulled in by some of the peacekeepers and the captain's like, you're being approved for captain school to go yeah. to district two, literally tomorrow to move on to the next, you know, like a promotion. Yeah. And instantly the first thing he thinks of is like, oh my gosh, I can get what I want. I can get back to the capital. I can move mm-hmm. up. Yes. Oh wait, there's still this idea that someone knows I am part of this murder. And so then we get this really dark ending to the book where even though he's in love with her, he realizes that she's the last person that knows he's part of this crime and he has to do the dark thing. This whole last section of the book was so visual to me. I could totally see it in a movie. It's raining. Lucy kind of gets the gist that she's the last one that knows that Snow did Well, also she realizes, she realizes that he betrayed to Janice. Yeah. Where she's under the impression that, oh my goodness, your friend died. And like, I, there's nothing, I, you know, and she's like, you know, it's okay that, you know, you, you killed these other people to defend me. And, you know, our love is pure. This is a Romeo and Juliet or go right off in the sunset. Yeah. And then there's, he lets it slip. Mm-hmm. And then there's that, I can see that the wheels turning. And then it's like, oh my gosh you betrayed your friend you're not the person i thought you were and then you're like as you're reading it it's like uh oh this is this is happening you can tell it it just builds up to you understanding that that, oh at this point snow has the gun again and he's gonna try and kill lucy so that he'll be clear of her and then he can go on with his life like nothing happened well They keep singing in, in the in the songs that, you know, Lucy's kind of like a ghost. Now, of course, she's not really a ghost. That's just like, you know, a, a figure of speech. But mm-hmm. he's out in the woods and he's shooting around. And he's trying to find her. And it's, it's you know, you can totally visualize this whole scene. But we don't actually don't know if Lucy died. We don't know if Lucy went. And he kind of just clears his hand of it. And he ends up going to the Capitol. And the thing is, he was told, I'm going to be going. You're going to be sent to District 2. To start doing some training. Well, he's not. Yeah. He's actually sent all the way to the capital, straight to Doctor Gall. Yes. And she's like, "So, uh, I've heard you've been busy." <laughs> kind of like, you know, very villainous. Like, and you get instantly that the she wanted. Twist. It was a whole twist. Is that she wanted him to go to see what people were actually like? Because, of course, in the districts, many of these people, there's, there's small rumblings of a rebellion, which will of mm-hmm. course grow and grow until Katniss's time. But there are people that don't really like the capital. They don't believe in the system. Yeah. And he sees the opposite of that. He sees who needs to be suppressed, who needs to be put down. And so we're kind of left off at the end of the book of like, oh, now he's on his way to maybe be now a, a tribute for Dr. Gall. He's now yes. she's a mentor to him. And they want to work out some new ideas for the Hunger Games. And more and stuff the start the of war. his rise of power because he just becomes and a, a great lovely epilogue is you know after he kind of understands that dean highbottom is someone that needs to go is that he uh he poisons him and kills him yeah and, uh in his own secret special way and that's kind of what the book leaves off and i remember kind of finishing and going okay 
that was really cool. I liked a lot of the story. Yes. It's a very different take. But now there's a whole part two I need. Um, I need. I think, yeah. Uh, I think this book is, now kind of a review part here. I think the book is a lot of fun. It is a slow start, but there's some really great moments in this book that are intense, almost a little more graphic, a little more violent than the Hunger Game trilogy was. I think it's a little yeah. more adult at some times. And it really makes me go, gosh, I'd like to see a part two. I want to see him working his way up to get to President Snow. A couple things, yeah, that they, I'd like to see actually how the falling out with him and Tigress goes mm-hmm. down because they don't, you know, you just have to assume. But also what I did like is the fact that you understand why he has such a hate for the title of the Mockingjay mm-hmm. on the pin and everything because that just reminds him of his love that he thought made him weak for Lucy. Yeah. And I would love to see if there is more to her story. In there, another, there could be. There could we be because she might have escaped. We have, we have no, we were, you know, we're left a mystery. We left uh, yeah. your own, your own imagination. And uh, I would love to see more of his rise to power. So there is that potential, but of course with this book and the other books, um, there's this talk that they're going to be adapting this into a movie. Yes. Uh, which is very exciting because the possibilities of casting um, are, of course, are, you know, and you know, even if Suzanne does not decide to write any more novels about Coriolanus's story, movies love to do, you know, they love a good sequel. Yeah. And I feel that if they do adapt this book into a movie, which I'm sure they will, and has a lot of visual uh, components to it, which will make a great film, they could cast an actor that could maybe play, you know, various decades to, you know, a, a two films or even a trilogy that leads up to maybe pre Katniss's time because, yeah. you know, well, that book, the book itself, they could split it into two movies. Honestly, I, they could, I wouldn't want them to, there's not yeah. enough in this book for me to do two movies. Um, otherwise I think it'll be really slow or they'll have to add yeah. a lot of action sequences. And I don't, you know, I think it's got enough action in it. Um, but overall I, I recommend this. I, I was, I was concerned at first because, you know, sometimes, Sometimes when we get a prequel or a sequel to a fantasy series years later, it's often kind of like... And prequels ta- are challenging. Is prequels this table scraps? Is it, yeah. Was this always a concept? But yeah. I thought this was well thought through. It's not just a cash cow kind of thing. I think it's an entertaining book. I think it's worth a read. It's only... I mean, it took me a little longer than I wanted, probably because I <laughs> kept reading late at night and I was falling asleep because I fall asleep when I read at night. But it's only about, like, what, five, 515 pages? So... Yeah, it's not, it's not a long book. I think it's a good, solid addition to the world of Pan Am. And um, so, yeah, I, I recommend it. Absolutely. Me too. 10 out of 10. Um, I, I recommend it. I thought it, good pacing, good story starts out, nice slow burn. And then it becomes a quite like an action suspenseful, you know, thriller towards the yeah. end. So definitely check it out. It's out now. And uh, if you... Uh, haven't read it you should i think it's a great addition for people the fans of the the universe as you said and those who uh, want to dip their toes into the universe great way to start it off yeah so we recommend the ballad of songbirds and snakes by suzanne collins and that was this week's potential pick